the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And here we are, Hour 3 of Backbone Radio. What is it? It is August 28th, 2022. Been kind of gray and cloudy out the windows, but I haven't seen much precipitation. Like to have a bit of that, you know. And yeah, I was talking to the car. I was in Longmont yesterday. I drove up, up to Wyoming for a soccer game for my uh, my son, the 10-year-old who's still undefeated. And uh, had a game in Westminster for one of my daughters. And I'll tell you what, you know, that's uh, that's when your dad just shuttling everybody around, hop in the minivan and just haul all across the West to watch soccer. And I just could not love it more. <laughs> I've even figured out ways to, like, exercise on the sidelines. I run and, you know, do all these uh, stretching routines and all this kind of stuff. You, you know, you, you, you got to find time to make it all come together. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's the uh, it's those years, right? And uh, boy, when they're gone, when they, these little people grow up, I'm sure gonna miss every minute of all of this. But I wanted to get into yeah the news that the Zuckerberg says that the FBI was telling them to beware of Russian disinformation, and that probably tied into them algorithmically censoring the Hunter Biden laptop thing, and that that connects to a few issues here related to why I think American politics is meaningless and performative and pointless as long as we have the fascist deep state running the show. Okay, that's been a consistent theme around here, but it's really hit new levels after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. John Le Carre is another author that I read like basically all of his books I'm currently reading The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. I saw that movie years ago with Richard Burton, but I never had read the book, and now I'm reading the book. And boy, Le Carre, just what an astounding intellect who puts these, like, incredible puzzles together that are so entertaining to read. And if you really start paying attention, you can kind of start to you develop that taste for Le Carre. Anyway, here's one of his quotes that I just pulled out of The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Quote, You are not a country at all. You are not a government. You are a fifth-rate dictatorship of political neurotics, end quote. And in that quote, he's talking about the East Germans (laughs) back in the Stasi era, running totalitarian-type tactics across their beleaguered, enslaved population. But this is, I think, applicable to America today, quote, You're not a country at all. You're not a government. You're a fifth-rate dictatorship of political neurotics. And I would submit to you it's the political neurotics that ran the raid on Trump's home, that ran the Russia-Russia hoax, that ran the impeachment hoaxes, that ran all the other hoaxes in the media. And um, the media itself is full of just incredibly neurotic people. Our ruling class has gone neurotic and it's not even a really a government. It's just a band of political neurotics who are running around afraid of losing their power 
and exercising every kind of Stasi-type tactic they can think of in order to keep themselves in power. Now, Zuckerberg talks to Joe Rogan on this podcast about how the FBI was warning them off on Russian disinformation right around the time the Hunter Biden laptop story came out, and so he did his duty and squelched it. And they do it in a way that's not overt censorship on Facebook, like Twitter banned the New York Post for reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop and banned tons of accounts who were talking about that. Somehow I eluded the ban. As I always seem to somehow, I never can figure out how I elude the bans. But anyway, on Facebook, see, that's how the, the tech tyrants, they could just gradually dial it down so that nobody gets to see these references and it doesn't spread, doesn't catch, and eyeballs don't get to see it, right? Anyway, the FBI is the organization most trusted with election integrity in this country, and it just radically interfered in another election. Yep. By, uh, by squelching the Hunter Biden laptop news, the direct FBI connection to Facebook here revealed by Mark Zuckerberg. It is amazing. And let's just get this in the record, folks. You have to hear this. And I'm sure you've heard it already, but let's hear this again and listen to it closely. And listen, like, what do you get the volume up on that? Ready for that? Okay. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention Rogan. on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York yeah, Post. Yeah, we had too. Yeah. So you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI. I think basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team. It was like, hey. Um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be oh, vigilant. So about to be our protocol is different from Twitter's. Mm. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have. Um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false. Um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It, it basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely. By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's meaningful. But I mean, but basically a, um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper-political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. So he doesn't remember specifically, but when he said that, that he doesn't remember specifically, he closed his eyes and looked down. 
which means he's lying. And I am a bit of an expert on the tell, on the facial tell, and how you can look at bodily tics and gestures and so forth to see if somebody's lying or not. Watch that video and watch him close his eyes and look down when he says, oh, I don't remember if they specifically said the Hunter Biden laptop. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is the FBI directly interfering, directly rigging the 2020 election by putting pressure on people like Zuckerberg at Facebook. And it happened over at Twitter, which is, by the way, infested with FBI people working at Twitter. It's all a deep state thing, social media. Zuckerberg more responsible than perhaps anybody for getting the fraud Biden into office so we could destroy this republic because Zuckerberg put $400 million in. Read Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, about the 2020 election for more details on that. We've discussed it numerous times. So uh, the picture we need to have in our minds is that Zuckerberg says that, well, the uh, ranking on the news feed was dialed down. The uh, viewership was decreased. You've got someone like a Zuckerberg sitting there with a little dial, and he decides, okay, we're going to dial this one down, which is censorship, of course. It is 100% absolute outright tyranny, censorship, violating our First Amendment. And they've got this little dial. They just sit there, and the FBI says, we want you to censor this one, and he just turns his dial down right before the election, and that's how it plays in this country. And what I would submit to you is that Zuckerberg admitted the tip of one little iceberg in a sea of icebergs, folks. It's an absolute veritable ocean of icebergs. And occasionally, somebody can be so moronic to admit it like that, as Zuckerberg just did, and always oh, taking heat big time for all of this. FBI meddling in the election. FBI election interference. And as Ratcliffe says, we'll hear this next. He says, well, Christopher Ray." Didn't tell me that he was doing that. He said the opposite. Christopher Ray wasn't letting me know about this. Hang on. Fashion by fate. There we are. Little level 42. Something about you. Our 1980s flashback. How about for the next song? Let's have a 70s flashback. What do you say? Just a little, uh, just a little uh, tease there. It's it's gonna happen. You can count on it. You'll want to be here for it. You know. At any rate, uh, yeah, I was up in Wyoming yesterday. I just like Wyoming. I liked it. I mean, it was really windy. That was a very windy soccer game. Um, but uh, I just like the vibe up there. I like Wyoming and uh, Wyoming people. It was a lot of fun. And, yes, I saw a lot of Harriet Hageman signs. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. Was that awesome. Liz Cheney going down by 38 points. Shellacking. Annihilation. I salute once again the beautiful, wonderful, noble people of Wyoming for evicting the Virginian Liz Cheney. Glory. Glory. I'm still not over that. I'm still just thinking, man, was that ever righteous. At any rate, we're talking about Zuckerberg and the FBI collusion with Facebook, an insurrection, you might even call it to interfere, to meddle in the 2020 election. It's out there. It's on record. And man, is it ever a sick racket these people are running. 
We are living in a prison. There is no freedom. There is no liberty in this country. My gosh. I'll get into that more. But um, John Ratcliffe was the National Security Agency or National Security Advisor while uh, Trump was president, the last like year plus, uh, maybe two years of Trump in office. And so he would have been in charge. I mean, the FBI would have technically been run by Donald Trump, you know, but uh, you got these rogue elements in the FBI, the corrupt FBI leadership. And Ratcliffe says, hey, Christopher Wray wasn't saying that he was going to Facebook and telling them to throttle the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, well, uh, let's hear it. I was actually surprised to hear uh, Mark Zuckerberg say that because what he related the FBI told him was exactly the opposite of what my conversations with the FBI director himself at the time were about. We knew uh, when uh, Adam Schiff was uh, in October of 2020 uh, talking about Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation and using his platform as the chairman of the Intelligence Committee to, to mislead voters about that, we knew that, that that simply wasn't true, that it wasn't Russian disinformation, that there was no intelligence. And, and discussions between my office, the director of national intelligence, the FBI, and the attorney general uh, at the Department of Justice, all uh, we all agreed, look, we need to counter this. Uh, and I put out a statement and was backed up by both the uh, Department of Justice and FBI uh, that this was not Russian disinformation. So to hear that, uh, contrary to what the FBI director uh, was saying in the official position of the FBI, that agents were acting in contradiction to that in dealings with Facebook or telling, uh, if whistleblowers are to be believed, telling FBI agents uh, to suppress information about Hunter Biden's laptop and to amplify damaging information about then-President Donald Trump, you know, that, that is um, uh, entirely inconsistent with what we all knew, which was, and what you, what you now know and the public knows, is that this wasn't Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of folks misled uh, the American people about that and the American voter about that two weeks before a presidential election. That's election interference, is it not? I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, I, uh, it is election interference. So. Yeah, Ratcliffe says, prompted by Tucker Carlson, that that is election interference. That is election rigging. And Ratcliffe goes on to say that the FBI is the one organization most critically responsible for election integrity in this country. And they tried to rig the election in favor of Biden by putting pressure on Facebook. That's out in the open. It happened in countless other ways, let me assure you. But we've got that out in the open. And the people who want to say, well, 2020 was a straight up most secure election ever. Yeah. Well, what was the FBI doing to suppress, to become the information police, to reinforce their well-deserved Stasi reputation heading in to the 2020 election? Yeah. And they're the ones who are involved, the same Russiagate people, the FBI raid on Trump's domicile in Mar-a-Lago, and Newt Gingrich has some helpful things to say about this. And a caller earlier mentioned that Mark Levin was talking about this with Newt Gingrich. And Mark Levin, you hear his voice around here, and I think he's three-quarters good. There's one quarter of him that I disagree with quite routinely, just for the record. But Levin, when he gets wound up about something, man, uh, there's nothing like it, (laughs) unless Backbone Radio gets wound up about something, in which case, Katie, bar the door. But Mark Levin sets up a question for Newt Gingrich by saying this about the Trump raid. Newt Gingrich, 
So here we are again. Another phony scandal. Uh, let me ask you a question I asked the audience at the top of the show. If you were going to commit a crime and not only do so, would you have video cameras taping it? Would you have the Secret Service watching it? Would you have the Federal Bureau of Investigation into your home to search all the rooms and all the boxes? And then all of a sudden, things are being destroyed or removed or for some reason you need a search warrant to check up on the president's home. Does this make any sense to you, sir? That is the question he puts to Newt Gingrich. And then Newt, he goes there. He says that it's all corrupt. The DOJ, the FBI, it's all corrupt. And they're their angle is to prosecute Donald Trump. How do you guys? Sure. If you start with the assumption that the Justice Department is corrupt, the senior FBI is corrupt. Uh, They've been waging war against Trump for at least five years. And this is the latest battle in that war. Uh, It has nothing to do with justice. It has nothing to do with the normal procedures of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I mean, the very idea that you would send 30 agents into the home of a president of the United States or a former president is crazy. The idea that they would go through the underwear drawer of the first lady of the United States is insane. Uh, And I think you just have to assume this is part of a deliberate, vicious, ongoing struggle, which I predict will lead them to try to indict President Trump in a D.C. jury in a district in which he got 5.6 percent of the vote. These people are playing for keeps. Uh, they have no interest in procedure, no interest in precedent, uh, and no interest, frankly, in the law. Well, then they're playing with fire because they can say what they will, but nearly half the country that voted voted for Donald Trump for president of the United States. There you go. That's Mark Levin talking to Newt Gingrich about the unconscionable, egregious FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago. And that... uh you know, the corruption that it takes to do something like this is pure Stasi level. Again, not third world, but fourth world, fifth world. And if they are angling to try to indict Donald Trump by either planting stuff or whatever they're trying to do with this raid, which I do think they were trying to get out the Russiagate crossfire hurricane documents. That's my best educated guess as a longtime deep state follower. Um, They're going to try to indict him and get him before a D.C. grand jury in a place where he only got 5.6% of the votes in D.C. I think Mark Levin is right. They're playing with fire. They are playing with big fire here. But for some reason, they had to go to this level because they are so scared of Donald Trump. Or maybe Trump has the goods on them. They had to get the goods out of there. But they are playing with fire, folks. And we need to make sure that this is backfire hurricane, this whole operation to send 30 agents into Mar-a-Lago. Crazy, says Newt Gingrich. That's just crazy. They're playing for keeps, but guess what? We are too. The Constitution, the truth, are the defenses of Donald Trump in all of this. We've been elucidating the truth and the Constitution throughout this program. And if he does get indicted somehow in a, in a D.C. district, uh, in a, a grand jury, well, guess what? That ends up going before the Supreme Court, and then they will have to reckon with that. Let the truth, let the Constitution prevail. They're playing with fire. There you go. A little sundown by Gordon Lightfoot.
one of the top, top songs of the 1970s period. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what Blake Gallagher behind the glass says. But I think Blake likes that song, don't you, Blake? You like the, you're, you're, you're pro-Gordon. You're pro-Lightfoot. I had a feeling. That's good to hear. And by the way, if you really listen to that song, you can kind of hear the way the bass kind of starts in, and then you get a little percussion that kind of starts flowing in, and then the other guitars start flowing in, then the voice, and then the chorus. It's just a masterpiece. It's just, I mean, they were like musicians who came up with that tune. At any rate, sometimes I start going off on musical matters when really I should be sticking to business, shouldn't I? Rush Limbaugh used to talk about the stick-to-business crowd when he would start talking about golf. At any rate, I don't talk about golf ever because I golf once a year, and I only get worse at it every year. I golf in a golf charity thing every year, and I get worse every year. So is that not a testament to nobility of character? At any rate, um, Alan Dershowitz says that, uh, hmm, the folks that claim democracy is at stake, well, They are prepared to sacrifice constitutional rights, civil liberties, principles, and the rule of law to stop Trump. It's Stasi tactics because the ends justify their means. It is lawless. Alan Dershowitz showing to be one of the true principled people on the left. And that to me is discouraging to not see very many people on the left or even very many rhino types who will stand up against this incredible Stasi outrage, the the raid on Trump's home, which is, again, just another in the ongoing series of outrages. And I love it, the way the deep state claims to be the victim in all of this. You know, they can, they can raid Trump's home, and Biden calls MAGA people fascist, semi-fascist is what he called us the other night. And the way the deep state sees it, is that they can do whatever they want, they can do whatever Stasi fascist tactics they want. But if you point it out, if you dare to call it tyranny, then you are the real danger. You are the real threat. Isn't that just a sick, sick game that they play with us year after year and somehow it just keeps on going on? And I just point this out again because I'm going to bring home this point that American politics is performative, American politics is meaningless, it's pure sound and fury in this era of the tyrannical deep state. Intel agencies out of control, the fourth branch of government ruling the roost over all the other branches is the fourth branch, which means the Intel apparatus branch, which means the deep state branch, the permanent Washington branch. And let's get to some Tulsi Gabbard on this, Ned Ryan, Darren Beatty, Jason Meister, Let's just review. This is the key thing to understand about American politics and American life right now. And how many people are going to keep on with the blue pill, right? How many people? Let's hear Ned Ryan. I played this last week. I'll play it again. Because I view the surveillance state as a real existential threat to the freedom of the American people. And until we address the issue of the surveillance state and the DOJ and the FBI, powerful and unaccountable, nothing else matters. This is the thing. And until this is addressed, everything politics, everything that takes place in D.C. is sound and fury signifying nothing. Exactly. And all the media you hear and all the propaganda you hear. And yes, I listened to the news break again. Pure propaganda again, trying to propagandize on the Trump raid. It's the constant bombardment everywhere you turn. None of it is real. It is just not real. But what is real 
is the Stasi fascism you're seeing from the fourth branch of government as helmed by Joe Biden, the figurehead. And who's really running all this? Well, they don't have their actual faces like in, I was talking about with the David McCullough tribute we did, the actual faces on that Declaration of Independence painting by, by Trumbull. Yeah, we're living in the uh, non-accountability phase. Darren Beatty reinforces this point. You may. I'd like to make a general point. And it really, after seeing all this, you have to ask yourself, does the national security apparatus do anything but conspire against the American people? I'm led to conclude that we cannot have a democracy. Everything in our politics will be fake and performative until we bring the national security state, including the FBI, to heel. It's not a left issue. It's not a right issue. Every politician who cares about our country should demand a church committee 2.0. There we go. That is the most important point right now. And I would submit to you that the only individual with which we have a chance to overcome this current tyranny we're living under in 2024 is Donald Trump running for office. And Ron DeSantis, 94% of his donations coming in from the hedge funds, from the big corporate donors. Zero chance there, folks. He's going to, DeSantis is going to talk about the like hot button social issues and he'll make some statements that make Republicans voters feel, feel like good and warm and assured but you won't realize it that you're being manipulated with the DeSantis push, which is coming, which is coming. It is coming. Watch it roll out, folks. DeSantis will not be able to do anything to put America first economically on trade and the rest of the issues, which are so important. You must understand that the big donors, they pay big money to people like DeSantis, to the next politician in line, the acceptable Republican, the one who's in part of the establishment. Yes, DeSantis is. I'm telling you, watch this play, because they want to be able to control those economic aspects at which they benefit from the America last economic policy approach. Okay, I got diverted on that, but I'm going to get back to a few other significant things regarding how our politics is meaningless and pointless, and uh, this is the main issue, and this is the key obstacle to our liberty and our freedom. Tulsi Gabbard, who gave that great speech at the Western Conservative Summit a month or two ago, has this to say about permanent Washington and the exact things that I'm talking about around here. Uh, Well, when you look at permanent Washington, we see very prominently placed as the national security state, and the mainstream media. It's hard not to be skeptical when you look at their tactics and their timing to really question what their motives are, to leverage their power and their influence to have an impact on these midterm elections that voters will be going to vote at in just a few weeks, and to do what they have already stated publicly is their objective, which is to prevent Donald Trump from running for president in 2024. This is not something new. We only have to go back in the recent past to, to remember that these are the very same people who deceived the American people for years trying to get us to believe that Donald Trump was an agent of Russia and that he stole the 2016 election. These are the same people going after parents 
and patriots targeting them as extremists, as people who are, quote unquote, enemies of the state, dissenters, opponents. These are the very same people who want to censor us and control what information we can see and hear and say through their so-called mm-hmm. ministry of truth, which, by the way, hasn't gone away. It's still there. It's just there by a different name. So the American people, I think, are seeing that, hey, this is not a one off situation. It's just a serious escalation of this dangerous trend we've seen of the politicization of public institutions that exist to serve the public good, but are instead being leveraged for power and political gain by those in power. Those who exist in what is often called the deep state, the permanent Washington, as you refer to it, they are people who believe that, that we, the people, exist to serve them rather than them existing to serve the people. And so they will stop at nothing in order to protect their power. That is that permanent Washington. And dangerously, they've got the national security state as their enforcement arm to do so. Oh, every time I play a Tulsi Gabbard clip, and that clip was from Tulsi Gabbard on Fox News responding to the Trump raid, the FBI Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago, I just blown away by how absolutely awesome her clips are man she just nails it and she has a way of speaking that is uh is just a spot on about all of this and you heard tulsi gabbard there talk about the deep state the deep state she talked about it she said it been talking about that for years of course but she also talks about how it's a power power world and they will stop at nothing to Keep hold of their power. They will do anything, this band of ruling class corrupt people on top of this country, the surveillance, they'll do anything to keep in power. And so how do the people of this country respond to that? I mean, what can you do about that? How, uh, how do you stand up to that kind of usurpation, to that unconstitutional conversion of American power into the hands of the Beltway and the unelecteds and the bureaucrats and away from the the people themselves. How do you respond to a power world? What options are there? That's the question that we're working through, is it not? In a power world, do you respond power with power? Do you fight power with power? Or what do you do? More on this when we come back. It's Backbone Radio. Matt Dunn, at your service. I'll fly away. The old gospel number, that version of it, by Hank Williams Sr. And that's one of my all-time favorite gospels. And there's so many versions of it that I like, that I love even. But Hank's is probably my top one just because I'm big into Hank. Hank 1, Hank 2, Hank 3. I'll fly away. Yeah, glory, glory. Hope you've been having a sacred Sunday out across Colorado and around the world. My gosh, we're getting listeners on the podcast from all over the world and all over the United States of America. And we are so honored by that as we do our best to keep the torch of liberty aloft in this state, in this country, in this world and on faith matters real quick the um the Amish guy is being persecuted and uh oh I don't have his name where did I put it? it's in my stack I'm not going to try to grab it by the USDA bureaucrats and I found this little clip on I talked about this last week the bureaucrats can't leave this Amish guy alone to do his farming 
And I thought I would bring this up and bring this in right here. Can't the bureaucrats just leave the Amish alone? Fed shut down Amos Miller's operation. Amos Farm Miller. Feds pay visit to Amish farmer faces hundreds of thousands of fines. Amos Miller, an Amish farmer who runs holistically managed all farm in hand, Pennsylvania, grows and prepares food in tune with nature, the way he believes God intended. This seems like a sound idea to the approximately 4,000 customers uh, purchased uh, Miller's meat, eggs, dairy products from his private members-only food club. Now, he had to start a members-only food club because there's some kind of regulation over there uh, that's stopping him from just having the general public come to his store. He's doing the workaround, just like everybody does. The federal government, however, appears to disagree, right? A federal judge recently ordered Miller cease and desist all meat sales. Our organic wellness reported U.S. Marshals were deployed to search Miller's property. And then they inventory the stock to assure that he doesn't sell or slaughter any more animals. The Fed shut down Amos Miller's operation. Just like Henry Kissinger said, control the food, control the people. Miller claims he's being persecuted by the federal government for practicing his religious beliefs uh, and religious freedoms to grow and prepare food according to his religious beliefs. Yeah, you wish they could just leave the Amish alone in particular, but you got armed feds going into Amos Miller's Amish farm. You got armed feds, 30 of them going into Mar-a-Lago. You got an advertisement on the uh, for the IRS seeking New agents who are prepared to carry arms and use deadly force when necessary. What kind of country are we living in? What the hell is going on with our armed bureaucrats doing all this liberty-denying, republic-ending kind of stuff? Russell Brand talks about uh, the globalists are trying to consolidate power. Russell Brand, the comedian, I've got a bunch of clips on Backbone Twitter. Hope you're going to Backbone Twitter. And I hope you're spreading the word on the Backbone podcast. Spread the word on it. But Russell Brand brings this one home. Today we're talking about the Great Reset and how this project came about. How people's trust in democracy, particularly in the United States, has been eroded ever since the 2008 financial crash. How the people were betrayed under the Barack Obama administration. An administration for which many people, and I include myself in this, felt a great deal of what we now have to acknowledge was cockeyed optimism. The Great Reset is understood to be a project that is about centralizing and concretizing global power, centralized power. Institutions such as the WHO, WEF, events like Davos are assumed to be the kind of public face of the sometimes presumably nefarious organizations. Now, we're not interested in conspiracy theories, are we? But we want to know about conspiracy facts. We want to know if certain events are taking place that allow already powerful institutions, corporations, government, private, public organizations to become more powerful at whose expense? Your expense. How are we ever going to arrest that? If there is a project that has the support of the most powerful individuals and institutions in the world, what's the only way that we're ever going to stop them? Tell me now. Tell me now. What's the only way we're ever going to stop them? Yeah, it's a power world. How do you stop them? How do you stop Klaus Schwab, the WEF, and the American subset here with armed bureaucrats running around Amish farms and Mar-a-Lago and IRS agents carrying guns? They, that's what they wanted, right? Tell you what, I'm painting kind of a dark picture tonight, but I'm painting reality and I think Jason Meister on the Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago makes a very helpful point here. Got to dismantle the intelligence apparatus. It's the only way. This raid uh, on the, pre- the president's private residence is unprecedented, and it can't really be viewed outside of a political vacuum. 
Uh, this is an FBI that spied on the opposition party and candidate back in 2016. They framed a three-star general, and they sought to undermine a sitting U.S. president, all, by the way, predicated on a bogus dossier that was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton herself. Mm -hmm. uh, so, look, this is a two-tier system of justice where they neglect to go after her homebrew unencrypted basement Chappaqua server while they take 30 field officers armed to the gills and they storm President Trump's private residence for declassified documents. It's breathtakingly obvious to anyone that is watching that this is a, this is a political persecution that's been going on for years. And if no one is going to be held accountable, then we are no better than a third world country, in my opinion. And every Republican right now that is running for any public office needs to be committed to completely dismantling our intelligence apparatus. Dismantling our intelligence apparatus. And just watch, the rhinos won't go there. They won't do that. But that's where we are right now as a country. We are living in a prison. I hate to break the news, but that's just the fact of the matter. Over a Substack page called Red State Resistance, an author named Guy Fox. Obviously, an alias says this, abolish the FBI, don't investigate it. Red state resistance is not futile. It says no more investigations, no investigations, no hearings, no inspector general, no more special counsels, no more whining. We simply unite as a party to abolish the FBI. Our politicians for the Republican Party should run on it. The president should run on abolishing the FBI as we know it. And we rhetorically, says Guy Fox, burn the Hoover building to the ground. Something to think about there, ladies and gentlemen. And I rest my case. I feel like I've gotten it all in tonight. My gosh, I got it all in. And I think this has been some extremely useful, helpful, and highly entertaining information, if I do say. Let's say hello to Miss Jackie. Welcome, Jackie, hey. to the program. And yeah, we got we got two minutes this time. As last week, it was like 20 <laughs> seconds. But great to hear hey. your voice. How are you? I'm doing great. And great to hear yours, too. And thank you again for everything you do. And thanks to your family for sharing you. But oh, um, yeah. you make such you have such great points. And I think when it comes to the FBI, I mean, we we I, I'm going to stand by what I said last Sunday was we, we do need to pray for people to change their hearts. That these none of this would happen if we didn't have so many people that were complicit in this corruption. And I think to myself, what are you getting paid? How much did they pay you to do this? Because most of them know they're doing something wrong. There's a few at the top that are leading the charge, you know, the Gestapo at the top, but the rest of them know that this is wrong. And so I, I urge people to call, call out on anybody you know that's in the FBI or anyone that's part of these things because they have to be guilt-tripped or some way stopped and pray for them. I, I am such a proponent of the earnest prayer. I, I just saw recently yep. how God answers earnest prayer in my life. But what is it? Yep. I just want to say, you guys, you're, they're paying you off, but that money is going to be worthless because they're ushering in, you know, the central bank digital currency. So your money is not even going to do anything. That um, executive order 14067 goes into effect uh, this December. So if you're in the FBI and you got paid 5 million bucks or 3 million or whatever it was to be in on this, your money is not going to do anything for you. So I don't know what you're doing other than destroying the country that you and your family live in. Well, so they are. They, 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 they supposedly are. whistleblowers are coming forward. I mean, I'm hearing a few, uh, like a Senator, the Oregon guy and a few others are saying this. So that's maybe, so maybe something. We, have, we, yeah, we need more. We do have some hope. Never give up. Never, Never give up, give up Jackie. Positive. Bless you. <laughs>
thank you for Bless your you prayers. Too, and we just think you are so amazing. And we'll be back next Sunday. Until then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.